Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to, to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Hello and welcome to High Low Sports, where we talk sports and a bunch of other things. We're talking about NBA free agency today and a few big bombs dropped. And the two biggest bombs dropped today with Kyrie and Kevin Durant both going to the Nets. I'm DJ, joined by Kelsey and Kelsey. We kind of anticipated this for the last couple weeks, but it actually finally happened. The two of the biggest fish in the market going to Brooklyn. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'd like to say I'm shocked, but I uh, can't honestly admit to that. It's been spoken about that them going to a New York team for a season and a half now. And it's, you know, it's nice to see it actually happen. And uh, honestly, as a Knicks hater, I'm glad to see that they didn't go to the Knicks and, uh, you know, give Brooklyn some love, like, you know, back to the Jay-Z era. It's kind of nice to see. So, I don't know. I don't hate it, that's for sure. But it is nice to see that it's finally done and over with, and I'm tired of hearing about the KD-Kyrie saga again. It is definitely interesting to see the Knicks once again not get anything, especially after trading Porzingis, talking this whole time about getting quote-unquote big fish. We're going to sign two max free agents. And they did bring in Julius Randle, who I like a lot, but that can't be your best player necessarily in free agency. I mean, he did get a nice chunk of change. He wasn't. He shouldn't be your biggest free agent signing, especially when your neighbors sign Kyrie and Kevin, two of the five biggest free agents, or maybe even two of the top four, depending on how you look at it. And on top of that, they pair it with your center. Like, they just took DeAndre Jordan off of the Knicks. Like, come on. You can't just – you can't let one of your guys walk to the other side of the, the city. Like, that's just – 
that's almost offensive. That's like somebody messed up. And, and on top of it, you got James Dolan in there that's still – I don't know how he's still running that team. Can can somebody answer that for me? First the Oakley saga, now all of this and Mello and – Matt Barnes says Dolan sell the team. And usually Matt Barnes has a little bit of knowledge. He, he's been in the NBA. So you – with DeAndre Jordan also going to the Nets, it kind of makes me wonder, did maybe he talk with Katie and Kyrie? I was like, well, you do not want to go to the Knicks. No way, sir. We can join, but we are not going there. No, sir. You got to wonder if some, there's a little bit of behind-the-scenes talk on that one. You know, yeah, players don't get in trouble for that, you know, collusion stuff. So as long as it's not like, you know, big, big mainstream, it's, it's, it's all good. But, yeah, you do wonder. I mean, he was there for half a season and wanted to jump ship just as soon as, he, as possible. Jump ship to the city rivals, by the way. I'm just going to keep throwing that out there because it's a big deal. It's like going from the Yankees to the Red Sox, just in basketball version, basically. Especially in New York when all you talk here about on NBA media is New York, L.A., New York, L.A., big markets, shoe deals, all that sort of thing. And now you got two guys that have had shoe deals for the last, how basically the entire time they've been in the league, and DeAndre Jordan joining them, and a bunch of good role players. That is a well-coached team. they got some really good young players like Calvert, they, they're a really good, put to, well-put-together team, and now you had two superstars. They're going to be a force next year, especially in the East, where the Bucks they've kept a few people. They re-signed Chris Middleton. They gave him the brick trucks. They brought back Brooke Lopez, but you let Brogdon go, and I think Malcolm Brogdon could have been a big piece to them. And they didn't really do a whole lot else to improve. They just kind of stayed where they're at. Yeah, no, uh, as far as the East goes, I mean, yeah, definitely Brooklyn dumps into the lead. I mean, the Bucks. don't get me wrong, you still got Giannis. You still... So go to that. You get Chris Middleton back. But, yeah, losing Brogdon, I mean, that's that point guard they needed for the future. That's that 3 and D type point guard that they, they had that was rolling this year. That that really helped step up, you know, when Bledsoe wasn't scoring or and they needed some help off the bench. So it's a big deal. But, honestly, that you talk about Brogdon going to Indy. Indiana is uh, making some moves. It's kind of impressive, honestly. It's uh, They got Brogdon and then, God, who else did they get? Jeremy Lamb. I mean, it's kind of an unspoken guy, but – you see what he did in, in Charlotte, helping out as a second-tier, third-tier guy. I mean, he's he can score. He's always been able to score. And in Indiana with Victor Oladipo, I mean, you need some shooters. And Jeremy Lamb brings that to Indiana. And that boosts Indiana right up there in the East, too. So, I mean, the Bucks kind of going stagnant. It kind of hurts. So. And hit Oladipo and Brogdon in the backcourt when, when and if Victor Oladipo can come back at 100%, it's going to be tough to score on them. Going to switch gears a little bit here because we talked about Kevin Durant. Now we have to talk about the Golden State, who, good on them. They signed Clay Thompson, the biggest deal in free agency so far when we're recording this. Fantastic. Got to keep him. Top 15 player of the league. Fantastic. And now they, they're trying to sign and trade for D'Angelo Russell with Brooklyn. They've agreed to a deal, but Golden State has to dump some salary. So what do they do? They trade Andre Iguodala to the Grizzlies for a looks like a 2014 first-round pick. And some other picks, basically. So, 2014? Sorry, 2024. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> misread that. This just popped up, and I'm still trying to process it. So I check. was trying to think who their 2014 first-round pick was. <laughs> a finals MVP who just wrote a book about kind of question the organization. Within a week, he's out of there. The Warriors' strength in numbers was their motto at the start of the dynasty. Now they have no numbers. They got Steph, Draymond, Delos coming in, which is nice. And then you'll have Clay next, maybe at the end of next year, if you can secure a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors, I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, yeah, you lose the finals to the Raptors, and then there's no reason to break the whole team up. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, we all kind of expected this to someday happen. They built through the draft, and then when you build through the draft with three great players like Clay, Draymond, and Steph, you kind of got to pick two. 
can't can't keep affording everybody, but somehow they kept the core three together. If they bring in D'Lo, that's all the best. I mean, once that actually gets finalized, then we'll finally figure out what's going on. But, you know, they got Quinn Cook. And then on top of that, like, I don't know who else is going to stick around. I mean, Looney's talking about leaving. And then on top of that, you get rid of Iguodala, who, for what it's worth, will fit in well with that grit and grind style in Memphis. And, you know, with John Morant there, he needs a little bit of veteran coaching for a young rookie. And that could be – that could see, we could see some Vince Carter teaching Trey Young type things happening in Memphis. Interesting so enough, interesting. you are giving $117 million to D'Angelo Russell on a four-year deal. Right now, that would be really good for this season. You'll have Steph and D'Lo in the backcourt. That would be nice. Both guys can go get you 20 and 8 any night. But what are you going to do when Clay comes back? You're going to move him to the three, and while he can do that, you're going to have a small lineup. And you're going to have no one in the front court. I mean, Draymond's nice, but you have no center. You have no real small forward. You can start Draymond at center, but then you don't have a power forward. They, what they got with KD and what they had with Harrison Barnes before that is like a versatile three who's like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, they don't really have, or it's Kevin's K7 foot. Yeah. Right now, you don't have that, so you're playing like three guards. You have the Jeff Hornacek system. You're looking to basically perfect right now. And it could be nice, but I don't know if there's enough balls to go around for everybody. Yeah, I don't know with Draymond. I mean, God, he, I know this nowadays, this basketball, the way basketball is played today is, you know, everybody's kind of smaller, thinner, athletic. But Draymond, I mean, he's an undersized power forward. He's honestly a small forward build, but with a power forward's weight basically behind him. I mean... I don't know if you can even think about starting him at center realistically long term. Like maybe a game or two, yeah. But like, I cannot see him. I cannot see the Warriors being successful with Draymond starting at center or power forward for a long term. Like he is, uh, like yeah, okay. If you put him at power forward and you get a guy like I don't know who's still left, that's a small forward that would even be worthwhile. Uh, there's not really much of anybody left. Like a Jermichael Green, maybe like. Wilson Chandler or something like that. You know, that. somewhere along those lines, Lance Thomas. I mean, there's not a whole lot left out there to get. So, I mean, they're struggling. Um, you can't just get rid of that and not bring anybody back in. I mean, maybe they can pull a Jared Dudley out and get a, get an extra shooter out there. I don't I don't know what they're planning, but I don't I don't think we're going to see a Warriors dynasty for much longer. I think the dynasty's over, and the way the West is loading up, they there's a chance they can miss the playoffs. I don't think they will. You got too good of coaching. You still got Draymond and Steph. You got a nice system. D'Lo's going to come in there. You'll be fine. Those they won't be a one seed, but I can see them being. In, they could be a top six seed. But the way the West is building, we saw Damian staying with the Blazers, re-signing Rodney Hood, getting rid of Evan Turner, who's really good. But I think they they'll be fine. Looking to bring in Kevin Love too. If they could pull that off, that could bring him back up there. Yeah, that Portland team is. They restocked, and they restocked heavily. I mean, they set themselves up to battle with anybody, East-West, LeBron, KD, you name it. They're they're set up right now to take on all comers. I mean, you have a first-team stars in CJ and Dame. You get Yusuf Nurkic back, and that's, that's a vast improvement. I mean, don't get me wrong, he probably won't make it back until about the All-Star break, but still, you're talking about a center that's – Arguably one of the best five in the league when there's not even very many centers, and we're talking like a pass-first center, too. He's odds-on to be the best that, you know, as long as he can come back healthy, we'll see. But beyond that, I mean, their second second string, that's as good as some teams' first-string offenses. So there's nothing else you can do for that. I mean, going against Portland, that's going to be a tough task for anybody. So... 
And a low-key team in the West that I think people are not really sleeping on, but I think it's going to be a force, the Utah Jazz. You trade and you bring in Mike Conley with Donovan Mitchell. You got Rudy Gobert. They're, they're a deep team. You got Ed Davis coming in as a versatile four guy off the bench. I think they're going to be a problem for a lot of teams next year. They always will defend. Now you got another guy who can get you buckets, get people open. Joe Ingles has the most basic-looking generic game, but it always works. <laughs> that old man YMCA game. Exactly, and he has it mastered. Donovan Mitchell's only going to get better. We all know that. Yeah. Your team, Sacramento Kings, making some moves, too, after pretty yeah. much being in the race until the end there, too. I mean, they've added a few people, bringing in Harrison Barnes again. I think they're going to be a problem next year, too, for some teams. Yeah, you know, Sacramento, we'll get to Sacramento in a second. I, I'm going to stick my bandwagon back in the back for a second. But Utah, it's uh, they also brought in Bojan uh, Bogdanovich, the brother to Bogdan, who plays for Sacramento, so I'm a little bit of a fan. But Bojan is, uh, or maybe they're cousins, I don't know, they're related somehow. But Bojan is that shooting, small forward, power forward mix. But he actually, last season, and even when uh, LeBron was in Cleveland, he actually did a really good job matching up with LeBron, and he's only gotten better since then. So that might be something to look out for with Utah. I mean, if they match up in the playoffs with the Lakers, or even down the stretch, that, you know, not saying if we're a full series, but maybe one or two games here or there. They might might have a chance against them, and yeah, you talked about Conley and Donovan Mitchell. That's they've already started working out together, and God knows what they can do together. That'd be that'd be scary, and especially if Mike Conley can come back from whatever this downturn has been recently. But uh, yeah, no, my Kings, uh, big fan, a uh, big fan of of Harrison Barnes. I wish they had drafted him the first time around, so we wouldn't have had to worry about the trade with the Mavericks. But hey, better late than never. Yeah, exactly. They finally got him back, and. You know, they get him, they get Dwayne Dedman, um, who's, who kind of shares up that center role. I mean, you got Collie Stein, who's uh, who knows with Collie Stein. I mean, what are you going to get from him? Are you going to get the 20 points, 10 rebound guy who, you know, shows up on defense? Or are you going to get the guy who is Willie Trill, doesn't even really, you know, doesn't show up for anything? Um, and hopefully, I mean, there's talks of it. I don't, I haven't, we haven't heard from the Kings yet, but DeMarcus Cousins Camp has come out and said he's, open to a return. So, I mean, personally, I'm hoping he returns to the Kings. But even in the role he was playing for with the Warriors, I would take that with the Kings because then he wouldn't really disrupt anything with the Kings franchise. But if he comes with the attitude from before, he can take that back on. He goes to the Kings, their playoff team, at barring injuries. De'Aaron Fox had a big step up. Buddy healed. Then you have Marvin Bagley getting better. They could be a force. And we mentioned the Lakers. We have to talk about the Lakers. You trade for Anthony Davis. Of course, big move. LeBron Anthony Davis, best two-man punch in the league, arguably, right now. Probably the best, in my opinion, when they're both at the peak of their game. You you make enough money by trading your entire roster, so you have four people for another max player. There's talks of Kawhi going there, and I swear if Kawhi goes there, the NBA is broken again for like the sixth year in a row, because that is an unbeatable team, more or less, depending on what you put around it. And if LeBron decides to play defense again like he did when he wore number six in Miami, you don't score. So what I'm hoping is they spread that money around. You bring in a variety of guys like Patrick Beverly, Seth Curry. I think Willie Cauley-Stein is actually a restricted free agent out there. I would have loved Darren Carlson on that team if he didn't decide to retire. Iman Shumpert, guys like that there. Jabari Parker, just different various guys that could play a role, make shots, shoot, Corey Joseph. Guys who can play point guard when LeBron's on the bench. Because when he's out there, I want him playing point guard, Anthony Davis playing power forward. Shooters at the two and the three. And then the center, a guy who will get you buckets. Danny Green, I just looked at the list, and Danny Green's on there still still as a free agent. I know I know he probably you know still kind of wants to stick with Toronto, stick with a winning team. But 
at the same time, he is a 3 and D guy that would be perfect with LeBron. Danny I mean, Green is like a, a B-minus version of Klay Thompson. He's lengthy. He will play defense on anybody. He, his shot's not as clean. He can get cold a lot worse. But when he's on, I mean, we saw him in that finals against LeBron. He would have been MVP if it wasn't for Ray Allen and LeBron's clutch shot in Game 7. Yeah. So I mean, Danny Green's a guy he could fit on any team. And with LeBron running the show, AD, he will have opportunities out the – he'll have plenty of them. Oh, yeah. And then on top of that, I mean, you got – we talk about if they sign Kawhi. I mean, if they sign Kawhi, what's the league minimum? They like they wouldn't be able to afford, based off of just the league minimum, for five other players to fill out a bench. Like it's it's almost embarrassing. They have three. They have so much money tied up in AD and in LeBron. I don't know if they could even pull out a full roster if they could sign Kawhi. So I, I'm with you. I'm, I really hope if we want to see a competitive Lakers, they definitely got to spread out the money. I mean, looking at it, you got. Some guys you can get on the cheap. Alec Burks, who really didn't do much in Sacramento, but he was an up-and-coming guy with Utah. You got um, Michael Green still out there, Boban, Corey Joseph, another uh, San Antonio guy that's kind of moved around the league, but you know he can actually play for you. Ish Smith is still out there as a point guard. Anthony Tolliver, who I absolutely despise because he didn't show up for the Kings, even though they gave him, you know, Huge money, but he played well for Minnesota last year, and that's a guy that could, they could think about. I mean, Jabari Parker even. I mean, I wouldn't like to see Jabari Parker with that tandem with, with you know, AD and LeBron, but he is a guy that can get you buckets if you need it. If you brought him, on, you brought him on that team and brought him off the bench with shooters at the starting spots and just has him to come off the bench and give you 18 and 6, something like that, that I don't know who beats that team in the West when they're all clicking everyone's healthy. But since we talked about the Lakers, we now got to turn to their probably their team that's going to be tied to them for the next five years, the New Orleans Pelicans. And my oh my, if this was if they they built their team like how NFL teams try to build their team with just young talent on rookie contracts across the board. You look at this potential starting lineup. You could have Lonzo Ball, JJ Redick, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson. You have Josh Hart on the bench. They that's just that's just six young guys I can think of off the top of my head. Like, there's plenty of other options too. Plus, they have first round picks for the next who knows how many years. They're they're in really good position. Every single one of those guys are first round picks. That how crazy is that? Like Except most Josh of Hart. most of, yeah, Josh Hart is the exception. But out of their starting lineup, I mean, most of those guys came off came in lottery picks too. So I mean, it's gonna be the first time since the lottery system really came into this big of a you know showstopper, I guess, for the lottery. Whenever they do the you know the lottery show and things mm-hmm. like that, like. It's going to be the first time since that's actually happened that we have a whole starting lineup that could be, or at least four out of five, that could be you know lottery picks. That's a huge deal. I mean, what New Orleans has down there is, if they if they do it right, if they do it right, then it can be scary for sure for years, years to come. But again, that's one like the Warriors. Like, you look at it, now it looks good on paper, but five years down the road, if they do win a couple of titles, can they keep them together? If you can win one with all of them, I think that's all that matters when you're the Pelicans. They've been basically marred with, I don't want to say mediocrity, but disappointment, it seems like. They're, they just haven't been able to get it to roll for them. Whether they're the Hornets, the Pelicans, or whatever else they want to name themselves. Okay, see New Orleans <laughs> Hornets, or whatever they want to be. Uh... Yeah, just whatever they feel like. And then Julius Randle, a player who I thought I was kind of hoping would resign there. I thought it'd be kind of interesting to see him and Zion, two smaller guys, but not scared to bang around. Now you guys, Julius going to the Knicks, and he's their big free agent signing. We talked about it a little bit off the top. I love Julius's game, and I like some of the Knicks' young players. I like R.J. Barrett as your basically your two guard that can go get you twenty on maybe forty six, forty seven percent shooting when he. I like Kevin Knox a lot. I thought he'd be a rookie of the year. I didn't realize the Knicks were gonna be this big of a dumpster fire. Dennis Smith Jr. He's 
He's very dynamic. I don't know if he's necessarily like your quote-unquote point guard, your star point guard, but he could be dynamic around the right pieces. The Knicks have some young players they can build around. They just they put so much into this being the Knicks, all these big-time free agents. Oh, we're going to sign KD. We're going to sign Kevin Durant. We're going to bring in all these all-stars, Hall of Famers. You traded away your your best guy, Kristaps Porzingis, who I, by the sounds of it, he needed to go anyway like at the time. But you did it to clear cast base is what you said. And you are bringing in Julius Randle who is nice, but he's not... If, if that's going to be your best player, that's not going to be... Unless he's going to be that guy that dropped 45 on Enos Cantor. If he's going to do that for you every night, then I retract everything. Yeah. But I don't like what I don't like what the Knicks are doing. They, should, they said they were going to go for big free agents, or they were just going to build you on and go through that. It's not looking too good right there. This looks like a panic signing a little bit. Yeah, so far it looks like they got Taj Gibson as well to go with Julius Randle. And uh, last time I checked, Taj Gibson hasn't been a big name in... NBA free agency since uh, ever, so that's, uh, that's, guy that's you, a big deal for you. Definitely a guy you like on your team, but preferably if you're a title contending team, not a team that's this that's this young trying to make it happen. And then in the East too, I like what I kind of like how the East is slightly dividing a little bit. Like the Sixers are obviously the powerhouse to deal with right now with the biggest biggest lineup in the league. How it's looking when you have Ben Simmons six foot nine, Joel Embiid six foot two. Al Horford now six eleven. Tobias Harris he's like what six nine six ten. Whoever Josh Richardson who had, they just got in the Miami Heat sign and trade for Jimmy Butler and he's got it. He's like six seven six he's, eight. Yeah, he's good size. So you're gonna have the biggest starting lineup in the league hands down. Mediocre on outside shooting, but you can spread if you can make the mid range count as your spacing and just get the shots off. Harris can kind of hit a three here or there, and Bede shouldn't shoot them, but he still does sometimes. Horford can space it a little bit. He's better in the mid range. Ben Simmons can give you a layup here or there, but he's not shooting the ball outside the dunk zone. I'm, Richardson I'm, can snipe it. They they could be the best team in the East on paper. I want to know over under for season attempts on three pointers for Ben Simmons this next season. I mean, what he went, he tried three this season and missed all three. If he cracks ten, I'll be very impressed. Anyway. Yeah, like this this team is definitely not going to be built for three point shooting. I mean, your best shooters, obviously Josh Richardson sitting out there. I mean, Tobias Harris will give you it. He's he's you know. He'll hit it hit or miss. Game, hit or, you know, he's yeah. He's if he's if he's hitting early, then maybe okay. He's he can get it in the flow, kind of the Demarcus Cousins pre-injury style. Um, but yeah, you don't that team. That team is definitely a mid nineties based team. Like you look at it, you're like, okay, wow, they could match up against the Bulls. You know, back in night in the nineties. I mean, I'm not gonna say they they could beat them, but play style wise, it's more yeah, similar than you look on paper that they could match up with that triangle offensive. And and that's, that's something to talk about, but I don't know, man. The East, yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. I mean, you got Orlando down there building something nice uh, out of the draft. For yeah, million too. I mean, Vucevic, Terrence Ross, both staying. Um, on top of that, their draft picks were not too bad. We got Mo Bamba coming back off an of injury. I mean, they they're looking good. Um, but then you know the the the, the big one that I, I kind of like that that happened your your team, the Heat. They uh they picked up Jimmy Butler. I love and, that pickup, even though I don't know what the Heat are going to do, because last year without Dwayne Wade, when Dwayne Wade sat on the bench, the team looked lost and sometimes. Went to a game live, tried to watch him, and I was like, Dwayne Wade is awesome, even in his advanced age when he can't give you the 29 a night that he's, that he's been capable of. The team kind of ran through him. Now that he's gone, Hall first ball Hall of Famer, I absolutely love his game. Who do you put in there? Jimmy Butler's a really good player to put in there. But Goran Dragic, he's pretty nice, but I... I don't, we'll see how that works. He's with injuries and stuff. He's struggled a little bit. Son Whiteside, since he got paid, has disappeared. He's basically I don't even know he's playing. Hassan who? Exactly. 
I, I do like Bam Bam down there too, Bam I and Badejo, but he's still got some developing to do. And I like Jimmy Butler, but considering they had to do a sign and trade to even fit him under the cap, the Heat are still a few years away. But I think Jimmy Butler is going to bring some excitement down the South Beach. And maybe Pat Riley can pull some strings, wave a magic fish at the team, and turn it into something. But they're, they're a playoff team next year. I think Jimmy Butler gets them in as a seventh seed, maybe. But unfortunately, they're out in the first round too, probably. I am, I'm kind of curious. They have kind of the same issues as the Sixers. Um, in my eyes, they, that outside shooting. Like you got you got Goran Dragic, you got Bam can hit one or two, but I mean Justice Winslow is not going to get you a whole bunch of three point shots, and neither is Hassan. And Jimmy Butler doesn't. I mean he can shoot it. Don't get me wrong. He'll put you put some points on the board, but they're mostly mid range and inside, and he'll pop out pop a couple threes here and there. But that's not going to be that's not his game. If they can get that pre contract white side that was trying to get his two K rating up, yeah. that defense that team's going to be good on defense because Dragic can be. He can, he's not a lockdown guy, but he pesters point guards. He's pretty good. Jimmy Butler is a lockdown defender on just about anybody. Son Whiteside can own the, he can't really guard centers as well, but he can patrol the paint with help defense and he can get boards. Kelly Olynyk's not really a defender, but he's a little versatile. He can hit, he's your basically best shooter too. Now that I think about it, <laughs> Justice Winslow can he can guard multiple positions. He can't score himself very well, unfortunately, but they can have a really sound, strong defensive team if they stick. And then that leads us to talk about defense. The big fish left, Kawhi Leonard. Should he stay or should he go? I want him to stay. I love Toronto being a team that's to be reckoned with. They kept Marcus off. They bring him and Danny Green back. I think they're, if not the favorites in the East, they're right there with like Philly and those kind of teams. I want him to stay, but if he leaves, it's hard to complain unless he goes to the Lakers. If he goes literally anywhere else, it's like, you know what, good on him. He has He's done something no one else in the history of the league has done is winning a finals MVP in both conferences. Yeah, and to do it in Toronto. I mean, I, I we both grew up in the 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 Vince Carter Toronto early days, like when they first started, and we've all been kind of waiting for this day. I mean, I love Vince Carter growing up. I love the Toronto Raptors growing up. I love the whole idea of a dinosaur as a mascot. But you know, they were always that team that you just didn't really think they were ever going to do anything. It was just kind of like the Cleveland Browns. You're just kind of like, yeah, they're there, they're competitive, but they're not going to do anything. I'm I'm kind of with you on this. I hope he stays. I mean. If he doesn't, again, yeah, good on you. You did you did what nobody else has ever done, but you shut everybody up basically. Yeah, like I mean, if you can, if if honestly Toronto can, even though if they might lose Danny Green, you still kept Marcus All. You can still get Danny Green back. You still have pieces there. Siakam's still there. You got Kyle Lowry, who, for all the playoff Kyle talks, showed up when it mattered in mm. the finals, and that was the most impressive part for Kyle to see him get his ring too. And to earn it too, not coming off the ride. He was really, really good. Perfect yeah. point guard. You have Fred Van Fleet too coming back. He he made a lot of big shots. He made a name for himself in the finals after a rough start up in the in the playoffs. But no, I hope yeah. he stays. But I don't blame him either. Like if he leaves, good on him. Just don't go to the Lakers. Yeah, no, definitely don't go to the Lakers. Kawhi, uh, Kawhi, I would love if you you know against all odds. If you it, honestly, if he goes to the Knicks, all would be right in the basketball universe because they would get their star. And it would be the guy that would be the – you look at it on paper, you're like, he should not work in New York. But honestly, I feel like Kawhi could be the guy that works in New York the best. He's Eli Manning of the NBA if that happened. It would be such an interesting fit. And I, I personally think right now, today, Kawhi Leonard's the best player in basketball. I think he, him alone with those young pieces can get them in the playoffs. They're not winning the title, not with the current constructed roster. Yeah. Julius Randle, R.J. Barry, Kevin Knox, and Kawhi Leonard. Pretty nice, probably a sixth seed in that area. They're like kind of like – they're kind of like where we said Miami could be just a little bit more talented, so a little bit higher. They yeah. might even pull an upset on a team. like They could maybe be a team like the Celtics that has more talent with them. Yeah. 
they lo- they bring in Kemba Walker, who I love the fit there, honestly. But I don't see. I I love Kawhi, and even if he's a hundred percent healthy, I don't think they're getting too far just without the talent. No, yeah, they're definitely not going to win a title in New York. But I just think that'd be cool to see. Like you know, give it. give. It's hard to look at it. This I mean, the Knicks are such a storied franchise. We circle back to the Knicks again. I mean, it's just like there's just such a storied franchise that it's it's hard to look at it and be like. How are you guys this bad for this long? And because they're this bad for this long, we're going to turn off of them since everybody else talks about them, even though they've been this bad for this <laughs> long. So we're going to shift our focus now. We're going to look at the Celtics. I just kind of mentioned them. They bra- they let Kyrie go. Well, Kyrie was leaving, however you want to look at it. Basically, that's not going to work. They got told Kyrie won't be there, <laughs> nor will Al Horford or Terry Rozier be coming back. I'm okay with Terry Rozier going. I think he basically... When he went to that interview on ESPN, he basically signed his ticket like, hey, I'm done with Boston. Don't blame him. It's fine. It wasn't a fit for him, honestly. I love Brandon Kemba Walker. He is 88% of what Kyrie is, honestly. He's a little bit better in some spots. Kyrie's better in other spots. Kemba's a great fit. I think he's a little more willing. He's a little easier to pass. He doesn't try and – he doesn't – I think he'll fit a little bit better without trying to dominate. I think he'll fit in the system because he just wants to win. That's all he's – that's what he sounds like is all he really cares about. You still have Jason Tatum, who I think wasn't his best last year, but I think he'll step his game up. I think he'll be good. I don't know if he's a future Hall of Famer like some people think, but he's definitely a force. Jalen Brown's a really good auxiliary piece, good defense, good athletic ability, 3 and D. They got some good pieces. Brad Stevens is a good coach. They'll have to retool a little bit. They'll still most likely be a playoff team. Kemba Walker's still dynamic. I think they'll be fine. Oh, yeah, I, lo- I love Kemba. Kemba is, I, I mean, his step back... Back in college days, I mean, this still still resound. I remember trying to redo that in the gym. I'm a bigger guy. I mean, I still tried it. You know, it was it was just such an iconic moment. I, but you're right. He is 88 percent of the player of Kyrie, but he is 100 percent the fit for Brad Stevens. I mean, he he's exactly what Brad Stevens wants as a point guard. He a guy that can get you buckets if needed. But honestly, he just wants to run the offense. The offense is just move smoothly. Probably a lot more a lot smoother with Kemba leading it instead of Kyrie. Um, yeah, you, you know, you talked about guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. It's going to be their, this is the, the, the ring the bell year. They got to, they have to step up. They if the, Danny Ainge is kind of leading it to them. Like Brad Stevens, it's your job to coach them. Jalen, Jason Tatum, you're, you're the guys now. You're the two and three starting for this team. You got Gordon Hayward there. Kind of a shell of the Gordon Hayward of Utah that they signed. And then they got, they signed uh, Taco Fall. And free agency, who, by the way, I still love, I, you know, I, I love the guy, love watching him play at UCF, but will he turn into a pro? I don't know yet, but at 7-7, seven, seven, I mean, it gives you a big guy down low at least. All you need him to do is get rebounds and outlet passes to those wings because they got enough, they have wings for days. I mean, we named, what, five wings, if you include Tatum in that, or just five guys that can go run. So they just need him to get rebounds, they'll be fine. And yeah. then one that's not as big of a signing is probably not going to change that landscape a lot, but I still want to talk about it. Former NBA MVP, the youngest of all time, Derrick Rose. He has found a home in Detroit with the Pistons, signing a two-year deal. It's only worth about fifteen million, only fifteen, which is <laughs> only a, fifteen, which is only <laughs> which is a bit of a smaller deal considering like what he signed with Adidas back in the day with the Bulls. But only a million times how much I get paid per hour, no big deal. Moving forward, <laughs> it's a. I like it. I think he could be fun with Blake Griffin, fun with Drummond. That team once again doesn't really shoot. Derrick Rose's three-point shot has improved. But he's still a slasher at Harden. I love his game. I wish he never got hurt. He is one of my favorite players to watch back in his heyday. I think they could be an athletic, high-flying team. They could still be a playoff team, but they're just missing a bunch of pieces. Reggie Jackson and Derrick Rose, I don't know how that's going to work. They don't really have a small forward or any forwards that really stick out to you. Like, 
that guy can get it done. I honestly wonder if Blake Griffin's going to be back on the trade block because I know, I know Detroit's looking at it. They're like, well, we're not really competing for a title, but we're too good to get a lottery pick. And unfortunately, I feel bad because that was the same thing with the Clippers, what they did with him. They're like, okay, Blake, bye. Yeah. Because he's really good. I think on the right team, he could transform them from a good playoff team to a title contender. Throw him in Portland, for example, if they could somehow pull that off. That's a... He's, he's a missing piece for a lot of teams, but he's not, like, the main piece at this point in his career. Put him in Boston. Boston would be a great fit, too. Yeah. But, no, you're right. I mean, I want to see Derrick Rose get back to the Rose of old. Our, even just the Rose we saw for a good stretch of last season, I mean, what, throwback night, he has a throwback performance of, of the ages. I mean, it was incredible. I mean. Best moment of the season, hands down. Absolutely, 100%. You can't watch that, and especially watch the interviews afterwards and then the way his team supported him and not root for the guy. I mean, the guy has been through hell and high water at this point. He has just absolutely been through the ringer. Um, Give the guy some credit. Hopefully hopefully Detroit can can be a a place that fits for him, you know? Kind of maybe recovers his career, kind of like old Rip Hamilton maybe or, you know, Chauncey when they first finally found their team. I sure hope so as well. That's a great fit. And just a few smaller things. Rudy Gay resigning with the Spurs. That's good for them. The Spurs, I think, are going to be the odd team out of the playoffs this year. Just there's too much depth on the West, and they haven't done it. They, they could play defense. They have some good young talent. DeJounte Murray. They're like, they'll be okay, but they might unfortunately be the odd team out this year. Terry Rozier going to the Hornets. You're replacing him with, he's basically 70, 65% of Kemba, maybe up to 80 at his best. That's good for the Hornets. It's kind of weird. Three years, 58 million. Good I don't for know them, the Hornets. Man. I don't know what the Hornets are even doing anymore for, for a team. I, like at this point, you didn't you lost Kemba, and you're not building around anybody. I mean, your best players, but Nick Batum, Michael Gig, Gilchrist too. I mean, I don't know what they're doing. You threw away Dwight Howard, who I still think could be decent on the right team. Like, I don't know Michael Jordan not wanting to play the luxury tax too. That being the, he's just he should not be in charge of any personnel decisions. Like, I like him being the owner. It's kind of cool having a former player that sort of thing owning, but he's just struggled in that role. Yeah. Then when we look, then when we look at other moves, you got Deadman to the King you mentioned earlier, and then the Valanciunas they decided to stay with the Grizzlies. That's kind of good for them because at the, this point, I think when he got traded, there was just as a salary dump for the Grizzlies. Like we don't need him, we're just taking him so we can rebuild and get all these picks. Well, they're signing to keep him. I mean, that's kind of nice. Him, John Morant, he could help get him some nice buckets. They could be an interesting team. They're not going to be a playoff competitive team. They're going to be a lottery team for at least two more years, I think. But yeah, then you're bringing Andre Iguodala, some veteran experience. And, you got a bunch of picks in that deal too, so I mean. Yeah, and then and then you know another another move that we kind of have kind of glanced about that sets up another team in the West to possibly become that that team to beat for their now and years to come is uh, that Ricky Rubio to Phoenix. Can this be Ricky Rubio what he was supposed to be when he came in the league's moment? Like I mean, this kid smooth ball handler, great passer. He hasn't gotten worse. He's actually improved his jump shot. So. Fitting in with that young Phoenix team, I mean, this might be something to look at going forward. With yet Booker and you got DeAndre Ayton, I mean, that's that's a a pretty nice core right there to to go with. You got Mikel, you got Jackson. If everything works out for him, yes, versatile force. They just need a point guard who can run it. I think that'll be good. I love Phoenix. They're one of my favorite teams as well. They always have been. I love the Steve Nash era, even though they were never built to win a title. Yeah, Devin Booker is one of my favorite players to watch when he's on. I want them to do well. If they were in the East, I think they could make the playoffs next year. It's just, it's deep. They might miss out on the West unless everything just clicks. You get Kobe Bryant version of Devin Booker out of just 28. Aiton giving you like 23 and 12. Jackson and Mikel playing defense. 
And then Rubio just giving you 10 assists tonight. Like, if they can pull that off, I think they'll be in good shape. And an interesting thing I just noticed, when it comes to Chris Middleton, as of now, the only players to ever sign a deal worth more than Middleton's $178 million, Russell Westbrook, five years for 206 and Steph Curry, five years for 201 Wow. Both of those guys are lottery picks. Westbrook was, I believe, four, and Curry was, what, seven or eight, something like that. Yeah. I could be wrong. I'm sorry if I don't have those dated perfectly. Middleton, on the other hand, he's a 39th overall pick. He was a second-round pick, and now he's the third-highest-paid player in league history. That's kind of neat. That's impressive. Good on him. I mean, yeah, just looking down the list of so far, just people who've signed, uh, you know, one we haven't really talked about that they, they, we haven't come out with the full details for his contract, but Nerland's Noel. Uh, back to OKC. I mean, we don't talk about OKC much, but they just signed him, Muscala. I mean, they're don't get me wrong, they're they're off right now. Like, we need to figure out what's going on with Russ and what why Russ decided to go greedy Russ instead of. We got to figure out what happened to his free throw and his jump shot. My goodness, he was <laughs> yeah. shooting he was shooting worse than Nerlens Noel probably. Honestly, he lost those back in the 2010s. You know, this is, I don't know where that where it went, but it needs to come back. It was uh, weird, too, because you had Paul George played his all-time best for a while. He's arguably the lead, leader for MVP, if not an MVP candidate. Should have been Defense Player of the Year, in my opinion. Like, just fantastic. Yeah. But at the same time, Russ fell off. And then when Paul George got in, they were no match for Portland. You could tell Damian took it to Russ, and he couldn't He couldn't figure it out off of that. He couldn't just yeah. settle down and play the game. And they're getting they're getting a healthy Andre Roberson back this year, too. And that's, that's a big key for OKC as well. I mean, I want to see what they can do, and... With them putting Noel there along with Steven Adams or Muscala with Steven Adams, I mean, however you want to pair those two power forward center roles, that'll be a, that'll be a nice fit going forward. I'm, I'm interested to see how that's going to go. Um, not a whole lot of other really big moves. Uh, Garrett Temple to Brooklyn as well. I think um, OKC is going to be one of those teams left out with the West getting this deep. I mean, unless yeah. you get MVP George and MVP Russ playing together with all those auxiliary pieces and some shooting. I think they're going to be left out, too, unfortunately. Yeah. So when you look at it on paper, here's a good way to... Who do you think, as of right now, after day one, who is the be- the two winners and the two losers? Um, oh, God. Top top winner for me right now, obviously, got to be Brooklyn. I mean, you can't sign K- Kyrie and KD, and I'll even throw DeAndre in there and Garrett Temple just to round it out. You just signed four out of your five starting positions... Yep. At a free agency, and you already have two guys there that can start in Dinwiddie and Clarence Levert, and that's not even counting. I can't even remember the Af- the guy with the Afro's name who blocked LeBron, AD, and somebody else last season. But you know that I feel like Brooklyn's definitely the definite top winner. Um, but behind that, I mean, it was it was only one or two moves. But honestly, Portland, <laughs> it's. It's hard to say Portland is not anything but a winner right now. They re-signed what they need to re-sign. They got Bazemore in a trade. You can't you can't add those weapons and not be considered a winner at this point because it's that's one to look forward to. That's that's a tough one to beat. By the way, you were looking for Jared Allen. That's his Jared. Jared yeah. Allen. And that's the only question I have is how does Jared fit in with DeAndre Jordan since they're both kind of those hustle guys and the one's going to space the court. They're not going to. We'll see how they fit together. Because I don't think he's going to want to go to the bench now after the breakout season he type of had. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. So, all right, two teams you thought were losers that, that just didn't do it. Uh, as of right now, the Lakers, you're still a loser. You have only two players on your team right now. Uh, or three players. You have Kuz, and you have LeBron, get, and you have AD. Like, and they have one other person. I can't remember his name. Like Yeah, so, and then, oh, it's a point guard guy, number four, I think. 
Um, anyways, you have four guys on your roster that can, one of which probably can't make a single roster out of the, any of the other NBA teams. So obviously, Lakers are my worst loser right now. Uh, there's just no doubt about that in my mind. And beyond that, I mean, team that really needed to make moves that was missing a piece. It's it's tough because there wasn't very many loser losers as of day one, but. I mean, I probably have to go with, oh, God, New York. I mean, it's got to be the Knicks at this point. You, you biggest, your biggest land on day one is Julius Randle, and you want, you want to go after the big fish. That's, that's embarrassing. James Dolan should be embarrassed by himself. So, ironically, my two biggest losers are the Lakers and the Knicks, two of the most storied franchises in the NBA history. So, But what about you? What do you have for your winners? Mine's a little more unorthodox. It's a little bit more. Those are obviously pretty much right, but mine's a little different. For me, a, a low-key winner, Philadelphia. I mean, they brought in Al Horford. He kept Tobias Harris. I know the big issue is like, where is their shooting all that? If they could tweak their offensive game plan just a little bit, just enough to where you're not depending on driving kicks because that eliminates Embiid or Simmons. If Simmons is driving and kicking, Embiid's useless. If you're posting Embiid, Simmons is useless. If we're going to see a lot of motion, a lot of movement off the ball, Tobias Harris cutting, like Ben Simmons give and goes, get Embiid in the post and have some back cuts off of kind of like LeBron in the post with Dwayne Wade back with the Heat. Just a lot of motion off of a big a guy with the ball that can pass. Simmons drives, pick and roll with Embiid, have Tobias Harris come on a backside cut, maybe a pick and pop and let, a, let Joel Embiid isolate at the elbow and drive because he likes to be a perimeter player sometimes, so maybe get throw him a bone here or there, just don't start him at the three-point line, start him at the elbow <laughs> yeah. or the free throw, line, free throw line extended. I think if they just tweak their coaching just a little bit and don't fall into this drive and kick thing that everybody does where they get a dominant ball handling guy that can drive and get a bucket but is a fantastic at kicking into three-point shooters, just tweak their offense a little bit to adjust, I think they could take the league by storm. They could be a force. You had two guys that can get you 20 and 10 on the post with Horford and Joel Embiid. Simmons, who could be a triple-double machine when he's on, as long as he doesn't have to shoot from outside the restricted area. Then you got Tobias Harris, who... He has all the makings of a superstar. It's just not quite clicked yet, but that's he's still an all-star level player. Yeah. Then another winner, there's a lot of teams that I think won. Like I like how you mentioned Portland. That's a good one. I'm surprised you didn't mention the Kings, honestly. I, 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 I couldn't couldn't homer it too much, you know? That That's fair. I'm going to go with the Grizzlies. You had signed John Moran. You traded Conley. You got a bunch of picks, and I wanted to pick the Jazz so badly here, but everyone's talking about it. I think the Jazz are starting to become that cool sleeper team that people are picking like we all know they're gonna be good but we're still calling them a sleeper team still hurts that the jazz are even considered a sleeper team i'm still i'm still still you know a little bit salty after the 2000s anyway as we and then look at the grizzlies they know where they're at they're like we are not quite competing but we're getting veteran players that we can john moran can learn from we're building we are stockpiling draft picks they not only got iggy from the warriors they took a bunch of their picks too because the warriors needed to do this deal for d'angelo russell so I think the Grizzlies are like a not a big winner, obviously not like all the other teams. Like obviously the Nets are a winner. We are I can copy and paste exactly what you said. Bobby Porter's going to the Knicks. Like they could be another team. Basically, Memphis front office is basically like we're gonna do this NFL style. We're gonna stockpile picks. We we think we got our point guard of the future. He's our piece to build around. We will build around him for time for some time to come. Kind of like what New Orleans is doing. Just New Orleans just did it like that. Memphis is doing it for basically a long term type of thing. And for losers, I do like some of the losers you picked as well. The first one for me is the Clippers. You have all that space. You trade away Tobias Harris. You give away all those pieces. You're basically set up. All we need is a superstar, and we're good to go. 
you have a lot of eggs in that Kawhi Leonard basket right now. Because if he doesn't come there, you are, you go from that eighth seed team that was just missing that one piece, you're going to lose a couple of players here. You tri- you basically tried to tank and you ended up being good. Took the Warriors to six games, and that was the pretty much fully loaded Warriors. And then you're going to have nothing with everybody else getting better. The Clippers needed to do something. They can't. They even Jimmy Butler would have been a good fit there. Like right now, you're going to come in. Who's the best player left? You could bring in Demarcus Cousins. I mean, Kawhi Leonard. Like, there's yeah. no guy that changes your. Like, you could bring in a few auxiliary pieces. You have the money for it. And I trust Jerry West. Don't get me wrong. No one argues with Jerry West. But yeah. it's hard when you had all these pieces surrounding you that they were talking about. You bringing in max contract players, and that, there's not really any of them out there besides Kawhi for you right now. And, you know, they also let go of uh, Patrick Beverly, too, so that's a... Exactly, another piece you let go. Hopefully they can get him back if they can't get anything else. I think you almost have to bring him back, especially if you don't pull Kawhi Leonard. You have to bring him back in. No doubt. Another loser. I kind of want to say the Knicks, because clearly they have lost this free agency so far. But And I kind of want to say the Lakers, because I think you made some good points, although it's hard to make them a loser when you sign AD. It's just like you're missing everything else at the same time. It's a little give and take there. Hmm, this is good. I honestly think I might have to go with the Warriors. Even though you brought in D'Angelo Russell, you lost Kevin Durant, you're losing Cousins, you're bringing D'Lo, who's a weird fit next to Steph Curry and then Klay Thompson. That's going to be a weird fit. This year it'll be fine. I think that keeps them in their spot, but I'm thinking long-term when you get Klay back, who you just signed. And then, honestly, the Bucks, they I don't want to say they're a winner or a loser. I kind of wanted to pick them as a loser, losing Malcolm Brogdon, but, and then signing Chris Middleton to that much money. But when you keep Middleton, you keep Brook Lopez, you're coming off 60 wins, you have the MVP. You can't call them a loser. So, Basically, my biggest loser, yeah, my biggest loser is the Clippers. My biggest winner, probably the 76ers. All right. Although, Boston is another team I wanted to put in the loser category because they they missed the buck on a lot of that. All those trades they did over the years, they basically just stayed relevant, but they never broke through. And I don't know what they were doing in the draft either. They drafted four forwards. I know there are a couple of them were being traded... But still, you you can't draft four forwards when you know you're losing both guards and still come out positive. And you already have three guys that can fill any one of those shooting guard to power forward roles. Like, it's... I don't know what the Celtics were doing. Basically, in an ideal world, they're going to have Kemba as the one, probably Gordon Hayward as the two, Jay, probably Jalen Brown at the three, Jason Tatum as your undersized four. And then who do you have at center? Taco Fall. I mean, that's possible. Aaron. Yeah. I think they let Aaron Baines go too, if I'm not mistaken. Like they just, there's yeah, still time if they bring in someone like Boogie Cousins, who's willing to come in there. Things change really quickly. I mean, there's still plenty of time left. This is just day one of free agency. But right off the bat, the Nets making some big splashes. The Knicks doing what the Knicks specialize in and not doing much. The Clippers not doing what we thought they do. We thought for sure they'd land they'd land their big guy right away, but we'll see. I'm not. Jerry West, he's the same guy that traded for Kobe Bryant, and look how that worked out. Yeah, it's, it's hard, to, hard, to, hard to argue with the logo, you know? Exactly. He's, he's the logo for a reason. And a bunch of small miscellaneous moves. I love Jimmy Butler going in a sign-and-trade, and then Philly keeping everybody else, basically, besides J.J. Redick, and trade, swapping Jimmy for Josh Richardson, who's Josh Richardson. I hate using these comparisons like I've been doing all day, but he's probably like 70% of Jimmy Butler. He can give yeah. you a decent amount of what he's doing. Probably fits a little bit better with those guys anyway. Yeah, Jimmy was already kind of a mismatched puzzle piece in Philly anyways. I mean, he kind of... Like, don't get me wrong, Jimmy Jimmy is great. But as far as fitting in Philly, I, the it, way they were it playing, felt awkward from day one. The way they were playing, they needed a guy in that spot that could just hit like 42% from three. And Jimmy's more of a, I can hit 35%, but I'm going to do my damage inside. Yeah. The problem is everybody on the Sixers does their damage inside. <laughs> which is why I think 
and obviously keep the coach. Brown's been fantastic. I'm not trying to say fire him. He just needs to tweak it for him. Ben Simmons, drive and kick to a three-point shooter. Instead, he should maybe like drive and kick, bounce pass it to a, someone cutting off a, off a backside of something like that. Yeah. Give it to Embiid in the post as a give and go and quickly cut. Then roll out as another guy cuts. Just a lot of movement. They just, I think they could be like a backwards version of the Warriors. Do a lot of weird movements and quote unquote illegal screens. I'm calling them illegal because we all know they're illegal. <laughs> and just like quickly passing and moving off like Steph Curry and Clay are the best at it to get open for three. They can do that just to get two point shots even easier because the paint will get crowded, get a short mid range, get everyone to attack Joel Embiid backside cut. I will stand by LeBron and Dwayne Wade were the best at this of all time. Two superstars have never played better off of each other when they had the same game. Yeah. Especially when they were kind of in that era when the three-point shot was taken off. Like, they surrounded them with shooters. Chris Bosh, unfortunately, was delegated to a seven-foot J.J. Redick at that point. But I think those two, they played off each other. Philly can run something similar to that and still make it work. You have too many guys that can finish in the paint. So, for me, Philly's a winner, a big winner. And then Clippers are probably the biggest loser. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, the Lakers. It just looks like a big L.A. loser fest right now. And we say that, and this is day one. But honestly, probably what's going to happen, we're going to wake up tomorrow morning to the Clippers sign everybody else, and then the Lakers sign everybody that the Clippers didn't sign, and everybody else is left out in the cold. So, you know, that's just how things work in L.A. But them and then, and then we all talk about the Knicks. It's, I feel like at this point we're all just beating up on a dead horse with the Knicks. So I guess I'm just going to throw my hat in there and say the Knicks are my biggest loser just because, obviously, yeah, it's just it's a fire fest. Just so burn team. it down. Yep. <laughs> all right, well, that's all we got for day one right now. Any final comments you'd like to throw in there? Knicks, burn it down. Kings, all the way. That's, that's you know, as always, I'm a, I'm a Kings homer, so I love to see it. All right, well, this is the first episode of Hilo Podcast for the first day of NBA free agency. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.